Banana Bunch. Mark here with another episode of the Jungle Gyms podcast, everyone. How we feeling? I feel great. I'm not sure if you asked, but I'm just guessing. You all seem very polite and friendly. I'm here for it. Now, you know, I've talked about this a little bit in passing here, and this is before I ask you to review the show, which thanks for everybody who's done that so far. But I thought I'd make it clear, um, we're actually working on moving the show into a more visual space, right? You've probably seen pictures of how the studio looks, and if you're like me, maybe you watch your podcast on YouTube or on Spotify Video or all the other available platforms. And you know what? We're just such a visual experience. I thought we'd be really doing you all a disservice if we weren't showing, showing more video stuff. So what's going on on the show right now is a, a few changes. So I just want to let everyone know that we're going through those changes, right? Uh, somebody played David Bowie for me. Um, but the point is that I am changing some of the my plan structure for some of these upcoming episodes as my plan right now is to clear out some of the, you know, I, I like to pre-record my interviews and then I can put them together in a way that thematically makes sense to me and all of this stuff. But in the interest of moving forward, I'm changing that plan a little bit over the next couple of weeks. So I just wanted to let you know because it, we're all friends now uh, and it's still going to be great. It's just going to be a little, little different. It, you know, I'm only telling you this because I feel like I owe this to all of us, right? We're all friends now. I want to let you into my creative process a little bit. And that's why I usually try to keep there to be some sort of a theme to things going on here. So just keep that in mind as you go in the next couple of weeks before we move into full video. And of course, we'll be announcing it on social media and all that good stuff. And if you want to just be prepared, go ahead over to uh, youtube.com slash jungle gyms market and subscribe to us, right? But with that out of the way, now it's your other favorite part where I say, hey, everyone, I would love it if you could go ahead and give us a review out there. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, I'd love a review uh, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, you name it. Those reviews help contribute to the success and longevity of the show. Blah, blah, blah. You've heard it a billion times from me, but it's really important. We're so close to my 100 review goal by the end of this month, March. So help me get there. We're only about 10 or so away, which is incredible, by the way. Especially this show has been, uh, you know, we've only been doing this now. This is like one week past the first six months. And we've done really well. We broke 50,000 downloads already. That's huge. That's really huge, honestly. I, I was reading some site the other day, and that conservatively puts us in the top 2% of all podcasts globally, which is just crazy to me. So seriously, you know, I, I you know, I don't want to... I, I, th I thank myself in my own time. But I really just want to make sure that you all know how appreciative I am of you listening to the show and reaching out to me via email and just giving me your thoughts and your opinions. You know, I, uh, I, got, I met a gentleman this past week named Bill. Bill's an author out of North Carolina. Uh, he was in the store. We got to chatting for a little bit. And Bill sent me just a little while ago an email with some great feedback and probably the most detailed... It makes sense because he's a writer, right? Um... But he gave me some of the most detailed feedback, and I can't tell you how appreciative I am of that. And uh, maybe this is just a moment for me to stand on a soapbox, but critique makes us better. And you'll hear a little bit of that here in this upcoming episode I've got for you today. 
But uh, I no, Bill, if you're out there listening, it was a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for coming into the studio. And more importantly, thanks for taking the time to write me such a detailed critique of the show. It's hugely helpful. I really, really appreciate it. So what is on the menu this week at the jungle? Well, I am helping kick off a product that recently just came into stores here. You'll see a couple of that, a couple of bits of that in the next few weeks. Uh, Cause next week I'm doing some condiment focused stuff as we've launched some new products on that end too. So hot sauce people get hyped. I got some delicious stuff for you. Uh, but this week, you know, I was chatting with Christy in the bakery and she was like, oh gosh, we've got this new brand in here. Maybe you should get connected with them. So I was like, okay, Christy, I love hearing that from you. And I'm going to go ahead and get connected with them. Well, it turns out I had another friend that was somewhat involved with this brand. um, And I thought it would be fun to talk about their new product line. And, you know, it's funny. Whenever I do a lot of these interviews, I'm always just like, I'll book an hour of time typically to talk with someone. But I tend to think I'm like, ah, this will be short and quick, especially if it's a new product launch. But the thing that I love about podcasts and I love about both you all as an audience is that you're willing to let me kind of take a a little bit of a ride with people because you never know what you're going to find out, right? You know, you'll see with this interview with Will here um, that, you know, we went in thinking like, oh, this is going to be this big bread expose (laughs) and all this stuff. And we definitely talk about that in our connection to Jungle Gyms and all that good stuff. But what I thought was really interesting is a lot of his ideas on how he manages uh, manages like his business that is and it's not something that I think you'll get a lot of other places you know I mean the world of podcasting in general is known for authenticity and genuine you know just being genuine but uh, I, I you know I thought here I owed it to you all to kind of provide that insight when we can so I won't dive too further too much further into this I want you all to enjoy this but more importantly I'd love your I'd love your feedback I'll thank you the same way I thanked Bill so if this is something you're like you know what Mark I'm not really feeling this that's cool I want to hear that kind of stuff I'm not one of those angry overtly sensitive creative types uh, I, I want this show to be awesome for all of us. And I'm sure that you'll see when the format changes ever so slightly. I say ever so slightly. I'm going to get real wild once we've got cameras going all the time. But uh, as the format you know, evolves over time, that's, that's the nature of this. We'll all look back at these moments and be like, oh, remember how quaint it was, right? You know, we said the same thing about when I was bathing in chili. I was like, oh, remember when he bathed in chili? <laughs> how, how cute and simple. So yeah, it's going to keep getting crazier. And I, so again, I want to thank all of you. Uh, more importantly, let's lead in here. Uh, Will was a great conversation. I had a really great time doing this. And more importantly, the garlic pull-apart bread he's got here in both stores now. By the way, we're in Eastgate and Fairfield uh, that you get their products, which is great news in the bakery. So on that, I've got Will from Breadsmith in the WJJI studio. I almost forgot the name of the studio. Well, was. hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Yeah, it's fun. Don't you like being in the uh, jungle calls at the fishbowl here? I mean, yeah, we're, we're open to the public. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I kind of love it. And what's really fun is that when we're doing stuff like this people are instantly running up to the window well i'm sure you're used to it you've got good smells happening in your line of work so, I would, so we do all our production at night and uh you know it starts at six o'clock at night and it goes till four or five in the morning and like hyde park square it's hustling and bustling on a friday night the number of drunk people that come like tap on the window or just like <laughs> looking in you know face pressed up like it's a candy store just i feel like a zoo animal sometimes yeah. so seriously it's like we're the monkeys putting on the show for you That's and i right. have no problem like i wave every time i'm never yeah. mad about it but yeah. i'm just like you want job come on in like <laughs> how, how interesting does it look to you <laughs> right they're like i just want bread just give me bread 
Right. Well, tell me a little bit about the breadsmith and what you're doing. Um, so, well, I mean, I'll just give you the spiel. Yeah, uh, dude, it's, hit it. uh, everyone, I, I hate to say this, but it is a franchise based out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So okay. if you look us up online, you're going to find 30 other ones. Okay. Uh, corporate office, seven people. I know them all on a first name basis. I mean, I'd call them right now and be like, Hey, how was your weekend? And they'd have, you know, things to say. Um, but it <laughs> I love, is, I love that description. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know they're great people. Um, and, uh, I started about eight years ago with my father. He was, you know, between work and and out of things. He, he got let, he got let go for someone half his cost. It was a whole thing. And, um, he was looking for a job for about three years or so. And just, he was on unemployment doing the weekly, you know, two applications to whatever. So he keep getting his check. And, uh, he started looking into franchising. Cause he's like, if I'm going to work for someone dumber than me for less money, I might as well work for myself because I'll pay myself less money. And I'm, you know, a little dumb. Right. I mean, that's how I view myself anyway. I don't, don't want to put words in his mouth. Um, so it, it kind of, I was working at Eli's barbecue at the time, name drop. Um, Ooh, love and Eli. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's a good time out there. I had a blast. It was a great first job for an 18 year old kid for sure. Yeah. Um, and I said he, there was a training program that was three weeks long and it was two weeks of like hands-on making the bread, learning how to do the dough, that kind of stuff. And then it was a week of HR and paperwork and all the fun stuff that everybody loves. And, um, <laughs> I told him, I said, look, you know, Eli's comes first. Like they're good to me. I'm on track for management. You know, I'm, I'm doing things. I'm 20 years old. I'm, I'm making things, you know, it's not going to be lifetime forever, but I dropped out of school. I didn't want to be behind a desk all day. Yeah. And, um, I fell in love with it day one. I mean, seriously, I was 36 hours up there doing the production in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I was just like, or Whitefish Bay rather is where the, the corporate store's out of. And I mean, I met, you know, Milton John, they're just two of the greatest guys ever. They were the production guys. One's the equipment guy and one's the, um, product development. And, oh, cool. uh, I mean, I was just like, I'm in, I'm, I'm in hook, line and sinker. And had I known what I was getting into, I might've, <laughs> I might've questioned that a little bit, but you know, it's, it's a lot of people's dream to work with their father. You know, I mean, it's, that's a, like a time honored, if you will, tradition in a certain sense. And, you know, you learn a lot about each other. You learn how to do things. You, you take advice, you learn things you wouldn't have normally asked. It, it was a, I mean, you really learn how much you love someone when you spend 80 hours a week with them. Like oh, yeah. it's, it's pretty, it's pretty magical. And, uh, I mean, we always were close, but as a result, I mean, it's, it's brought us even closer as father and son, which is amazing. And my family's been involved over the years. My mom will help come, you know, like stuff envelopes. My sister worked for me for a couple of years. Like we, we had the whole family in there at one point, except for the dogs. And, um, Man, I don't know. I just love what I do. It's, it's amazing. I, I never in a million years would have thought sitting up at four in the morning baking bread. I've been up since, you know, nine o'clock last night. I've yeah. been working. I'm tired, but I love working nights. I don't, I like to drink at two in the afternoon, 10 in the morning. Sure. I like, it's weird, man. But I, and it's something that, I mean, if anybody's listening to it, don't limit yourself in a box. You know, don't, don't say, Hey, this is, I'm going to work nine to five, or this is the only option for me. Like, if you want to go dig a ditch, man, go dig a ditch. Like there are, there are trades in this world that just, I mean, the masonry industry, all, all these trades, yeah. you know, like you get a job, $25 an hour as an electrician. You got to put in 10, 15 years, but sure. you'll be making money running your own business by the time you're 40, if you put in the time. Right. Which sounds and amazing. I got handed a golden opportunity. My father was the investing force, which is fantastic in a certain sense. Um, and it was just, you know, I, I've worked tooth and nail, blood, sweat, and tears. I've repaired every piece of equipment I own. I have worked hundred hour weeks, if not more. I mean, I've worked 23 hour days. Like it, it's, it's a lot of work to start your own business, especially a 24 hour one. But when you love something, you'll, you won't sleep and you'll, you, you know, you just, you, you tuck in and you go. 
I think that's so cool, though, and I love to hear that it's, you know, and it's it, you kind of get that bit of that family vibe. Oh, you know, 100%. Because you're tight locked in oh, 100%. Like that. I mean, and, and it's one of those things that, I mean, we were talking about this before we started recording about just, you know, like treating your employees like you don't own your business. Your employees own your business. You just write the checks. Huh. I love like, that. Like if, if you're not keeping them happy, if you're not giving them freedom to express themselves and be who they are and help them, you know, bring whatever they have to the table that you probably don't. Yeah. Like, like businesses should be more a collaborative effort than I think they are in a lot of places. Um, obviously I'm not, I don't have a business degree. I don't know how all the actual like paperwork and the crunch of numbers works on that. But at sure. the same time, you know, like I wouldn't be here without any of them. Yeah. If any one of them left tomorrow, even if, you know, they're a two day a week employee, like they brought something valuable to the table. Like we pool tips. We didn't, someone put out a tip jar like six years ago and we used to collect it all and go take everybody out for a party, you know, yeah. and we'd, we'd pay for whatever the tips didn't kind of thing. Um, and now, you know, I just, everyone, if you work one day or you work six days, you, everybody gets the same amount of tips. I just take the number divided by how many people we got. I mean, what's, what's the point of like, oh, well you, you got to nitpick and learn who did what. And it's like, you know what? You're all valuable. I don't understand why there's more or less value. Like, yes, there is in a certain sense, but at the same time, like everybody's fucking like, yeah, there's no two ways about it. Well, you know, I wanted to touch on something before we move on, but sure. you said something great about this, getting this golden opportunity. But I think what's probably helped you be successful and this is my conjecture, as I also have no business background. But I think what's beneficial, I'm sure your employees would echo this, too, is that you're turning around and giving and sharing the love with everybody. Oh, absolutely. it's not just about you. Right. I think so often people get really caught up in the this is my baby. And I'm, well, I'm reaping the baby and, benefits. And so there, there is a portion of that. Like you have to know when to put your foot down. Sure. You have to know when you need to sort of corral the cats, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like you can let them all run free, but like I you watch don't. that on YouTube too, by the way. <laughs> of course. Like it's fun to watch someone try. You know, it's, it's the matter of succeeding. That's the, right. that's the thing. You have to know when to do what. And, and, you know, you might not make the right decision every time. As I said earlier, you might touch the pan and it's hot, but you know yeah. what? You learn and you move on. Right. Then you're like, all right. Maybe so I'll long as you admit first. your fault that's the other thing like if you say you know what guys i fucked up that's on me i'm sorry yeah. and and that will go so much further than you think because then hopefully they'll admit the next time that yeah that they mess up yeah and because it's it makes better it for everyone like, yeah don't put anyone on a pedestal including yourself <laughs> i appreciate all that i think it's really great i'm obviously sitting here being uh, my usual thick self staring at bread so let's let's swing it back to bread what would you say makes yours so special uh, the love. Um, and I say that with like 50% sincerity. Like we care. Like you can ask any one of my employees, like people care. And it's because I've given them that freedom, that autonomy, that just sort of, yeah, do it. Go for it. Like I'm not trying to say no. Sometimes I do inadvertently and two weeks later I realize I'm wrong, but it doesn't change the fact that I let people do what they want. Um, Everything is made from scratch. Okay. We have a bag of flour. It's proprietary, as I mentioned earlier, franchise. Sure. The only thing they give us is the brand, the flour, and the recipes. Okay. We source most ingredients. Like, we use local honey. We use local sauerkraut. We have a sauerkraut rye on Sundays. Oh, my God. If you haven't tried it, come on down. It's unreal. I believe we bring it here as well. Okay. Um, it's amazing. Even people that don't like sauerkraut like it. That but it's just awesome. a unique flavor. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that... Just making it from scratch, giving it the three hours to sit, making it's fresh. It's the freshest you can taste. Like the stuff on the table right there, I brought a garlic and cinnamon cobblestone and feel free to Do you want me to try one before the other? I, or? I prefer the garlic myself, right, we'll but garlic the garlic first. might be, I mean, you know, you do. I you. mean, realistically, I'm trying both. Let's the world, the world is your oyster, my friend. Um, <laughs> That's next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but everything is preservative-free, made fresh by hand. We oh. make all our own smears. We make all our fruit fillings. I mean, we make our own streusel. Nothing comes 
comes prepackaged unless it's just a bag of ingredient. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And yeah, we just really make it all ourselves every single night. And whatever we don't sell by the end of the day, we donate to charity. And, you know, we get a nice tax write-off. We help people. That's one of the things I sell on my employees. I'm like, not only are you here making a paycheck, but you're also giving bread to someone who can't get yeah. it. So, like, it's a double-edged sword in that sense where it's like, it, you're not just here for one thing. And that's, we, I've tried, I've said time and time again, like, I'm trying to cultivate a community. I don't want this to be a workplace. I want everyone here to care. I want everyone to give a shit. I want everyone to be involved. I want everyone to feel important. I love that. It, it's, I, I've been on this kick lately with, You'll laugh at the connection I'm about to make. <laughs> but I watched a documentary on Nickelodeon, okay. and classic era Nickelodeon the other day that Absolutely. they put out on Hulu. And I was like, it, this is so wonderful. And one of the things, it was a really sweet, well-made documentary. But by, at the end of it, I was like kind of depressed. Yeah. And the reason being is that this was a network that was built on very altruistic brands that once, effectively once SpongeBob happened, they were like, we're going to make billions of dollars Hey, instead. the first season of SpongeBob is about as close to Ren and Stimpy as you can get. For sure. The one with the water and the tree dome. Oh, my God. That shit spooked like, me when I was a kid. Yeah, and, and by the way, <laughs> and, it's, and it's a great show. It was that thing where they were kind of like, eventually the money kind of took over and like all the people that it really happens to everyone. For sure. It sucks, but it does. Yeah. And, but I love that. What, what's been really nice for me lately is I keep meeting people like yourself. that are running businesses that are like kind of have an altruistic goal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not just about the bottom line anymore. And I think that is more a transition to the workforce to appease the workforce than anything else. Yeah, that's like, true. I mean, I feel like we're here talking about a labor podcast instead of a bread podcast. Today. Yeah, it is. That's what this, this is now uh, Mark's labor hour. <laughs> but I mean, just as it's just as important. Like I always tell people, like you can't sell a product if you don't have a good product. Right. And that's, you know, like I'll come in when my di my guys are making the bread and it's just like, you know, we have to do it just this little way. Cause like when you charge what we charge for a loaf of bread, it's gotta be right. It's gotta look good. It's gotta be to these specifications. Yeah. We're not just churning out a loaf of Klosterman, no offense to Klosterman, but it's not, it's not just a mass produced thing. Like right. everything is literally mixed, shaped, scaled and baked by hand. It takes me four people just to make the stuff. That's not to deliver it. Doesn't include gas mileage, nothing. Like when you buy my product, you're paying for the labor. You're not paying for the Right. And that's one thing that, that people don't quite understand. We had to do a price hike recently because of all the malarkey going on and minimum wage increases and all that jazz. Sure. And not federal minimum wage, but, you know, the going rate these days. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's it's tough, man. I understand why a lot of businesses are having a tough time. Like, if we didn't get the PPP loan, we probably wouldn't be here today. I do have to say, I mean, from a visual standpoint, these are beautiful. And now having just tasted the garlic... I see why you love it. Well, everybody knows monkey bread, and that's what the cobbles, the cinnamon cobblestone is. And, you yeah. know, it's delicious. Don't get me wrong. Sure. I'll, eat, I'll eat a whole one. I've done it before. I'll do it again, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I'm doing it today. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm trying to lose weight these days, but you're yeah, not I'm, wrong. I'm failing at that, um, honestly. I work in a food wonderland. It's, it's, it's hard. To, when you're surrounded by bread all day, it's really easy. Just, well, there's a stick of butter right there and a baguette right here. It just makes sense. It, right. <laughs> that's the dream. Oh, my gosh. Um, but yeah, you know, it's 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 a lot. It's a good time. I, it, there's nothing bad about it. It's it's fun. I work with great people. We basically just go play with dough for six hours. <laughs> like back in the day, we used to throw it around the room and we got in trouble because like we didn't pick up all our pieces. Like I always said, like, look, throw whatever you want, but like don't leave a mess for the next one. And they found one like up in the front somewhere. And I was just like, all right, guys, we got to kind of, you know, yeah, I mean, when I started, bike. I was 20 years old. Like it's, I was still a kid, still yeah. am in many ways. Oh, but for sure. like, now I'm like, okay, maybe we should, you know, 
be a little more grown up or something. Maybe throw slightly less Prada. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, but that's well, still you know, fun. you got a little scrap. It's going in the trash anyway. It's really just ping it across the room at someone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nick, was... if you're listening, you're my target. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, you, Something you mentioned before about them giving you the recipes and also the freedom that you give your employees, I, a question that popped in my head was, do you ever get to play around like and create any of your own recipes? Or so, you... yeah, actually, we do a, a salted deli rye stick that, uh, I mean, it's sort of a German staple. It's in a lot of country clubs around town. Sure. Um, it's just, it's our deli rye. Make it on Saturdays. It's a real dense sort of German style rye with caraway seeds and salt on top. And I went to corporate and I said, hey, look, this will sell in my market. And I think to this date, we're the only ones that still make them. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, they're, they're very... Um, they're very into that aspect of it. And that's a newer transition rather than older. I mean, they've been around since 1993. I was yeah. born in 92. So it's literally as old as I am yeah. at this point. Um, and it's just, um, I mean, we make stuff for ourselves all the time. It's sure. just being able to sell it is sort of a slippery slope. And that's, once again, that's all changing as of late. Like, it's basically like... If it's sold in one market, the new rule is they're trying to push it out to all the markets, which makes oh. more sense to me because, like, my market is completely different from Oro Valley, Arizona, right. or the kosher store in Brooklyn, New York. Exactly. Like, we have the opportunity to be kosher. We don't because, I'm sorry, I love butter. Um, <laughs> it's, sorry. I don't think you can make bread with margarine. That's my two cents. Yeah. Um, but that comes from, you know, once again, we do everything time-honored techniques. Everything is, you know... The mixer does the kneading for us, like the, the machine does the kneading for us. I mean, it, that's the most laborious process of making bread. Like yeah. anytime someone says, oh, I'm making bread at home, you wouldn't believe the number of times people are like, how do I bread? I'm like, I, you just try again. <laughs> like, you yeah. just, okay, you messed up. What can you do differently? But kneading is like the number one thing that people always fall short on. Like if you're making your own dough, you need to knead it more than you think. Your arms are going to get tired. I mean, yeah. I have, my forearms are bigger than my bicep. I'm Popeye yeah. because of just pushing on the dough all the time. That's awesome. Like even when you're just making a boule and putting it on the bench to sit for a second before you shape it into the final loaf, mm -hmm. It's, it's still a laborious process. Like I looked at myself in the mirror one day after two or three years, I'm like, holy shit, where'd their shoulders come from? And it's because I'm doing micro pushups all night long. Yeah, absolutely. And oh, that's wild. Yeah, it's, it's a laborious process. You will break a sweat. I tell people, I mean, you can ask any employee that comes through the door and bakery mom over there is nodding because she worked production for about a year and a half. Uh, it, it's, you find muscles you didn't know you had. You break a sweat. <laughs> it is, I mean, the number of times I've turned someone onto the mixer and you're, you're literally churning out anywhere between 30 and 120 pounds of dough every 10 or 15 minutes on that mixer. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and then we're dealing with it in a time ordered fashion up front. Um, it sucks. <laughs> like you're gonna be miserable by the end of tonight and we're going to be here till two in the morning doing dishes. Normally you can leave by midnight, but trust me, there's going to, you're going to fall behind. It's going to happen. Yeah. And it's just, I tell people, it takes a solid six months to sort of get really comfortable in your position and in your routine. And then the beauty of it is, is there are three different positions. You can shape the stuff, you can mix the stuff, or you can bake the stuff. And it term, I determine where you do best, and then I ask you what you like to do, and then we kind of play it by ear from there. Oh, cool. So That's it's like, because like some people excel in certain places and other people don't. Like I've had mixers come through that just couldn't mix, and they're the best scaler I've ever had. Yeah. I've had people pick up the oven in a day and a half, and they couldn't shape a loaf of bread to save their life. And it's, it's so unique because each position is so radically different. Like virtually nothing crosses over from one to the other, except for, oh, well, I should probably do this because now I know what happens there so I can be a little bit nicer. Sure. That's pretty much the only overlap. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're on the oven or the bench shaping the stuff, there's a little bit you can do to make the oven job easier. Right. And once you've worked the oven, you know that. 
And that's the only time you'll be able to, I can't teach you that, you sure. know, there's so much I can't teach. That's the other thing. Like it's, it's, I can show you how to make a bun a million times over, but until your body understands what your hands are trying to do, mm -hmm. I can just sit here and paint a picture a million different ways, but you won't be able to see it. I love that. And it's, it makes so much sense too, because it's like, I'm assuming there's so much tactile like feedback that you get that is kind of, it's one of those things that you know, but it's very hard to articulate. Well, just I got, a week or so ago, um, I was out of town and I got a picture on our, our messaging, our, our uh, scheduling platforms got messaging. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And it was a picture of the dough and they're like, hey, this isn't right. And I'm like, if I don't have my hands on it, I can't tell you. Yeah. Like I need to feel it. I need to, believe it or not, I'll take a piece off and put it in my mouth because you can taste the salt. You can taste the yeast. You can taste the sugar. You can sure. see what might be missing just by putting it in your mouth and tasting a morsel. Like you don't have to eat it, but you know, right. dissolve it a little bit. You'll taste the and, flavors. Yeah. Um, and, and it's it's such a unique hands-on experience that that is it's it's lost. It's not there anymore. We found machines to replace it and no one cares about spongy white bread, you know, like, especially in this town, I'll tell you what, it's no. been tough. Yeah, I bet. I mean, there, there's a couple other competition in town and there's a sector for each of us. And I think we've each sort of taken each one of those sectors and, and run with it. Um, but there's just so much different. I mean, bread is so unique in so many ways. Number of people that come up and they're just like, I was in this little town in Germany and this little mom and pop shop, they're 95 years old, just <laughs> hobbling around. And they had this little, it was like a little brown loaf and it had like an X on top. And I'm like, I, I, right. I, I haven't been to Germany. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Are you saying I'm you're sure not following my travels? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's delicious, but it's just one of those things. Like I couldn't tell you what's in that bread because it's probably great, great grandma's great depression recipe right. that turned out to be really fucking good. Right, <laughs> and yeah. And they sold it. Like, that's that's where a lot of bread came from. I mean, bread, beer, and prostitution are like the three oldest things in the world. That's like, very true. They've been around forever. So Huge how many, fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many different iterations have, have there been? Like, how many yeah. how many hardtack are out there? You know, that's, that's you know, that's like Civil War shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they... Well, something I was going to bring up before, and this is, uh, you know, every so often on the show, I like to do the thing where I'm kind of the idiot because I've, I've never made bread before. Ask away, dude. And I'm hoping that I get this process. So uh, one uh, question I had early on I was going to ask you is like, do you feel like, so, I, and I think you may have already kind of answered this, but it feels like some of the machinery and stuff doesn't seem, is it helpful? Like, do I need a mixer? Uh, no. I mean, you can very easily do it by hand. Um, you can't make 120 pounds by hand very sure. easily. You could do it with like a ciabatta or something that's a real loose, high hydration kind of dough. Okay. Um, but if you're trying to do it with like a denser something that requires, you know, five minutes of kneading, like you're going to be tired. Yeah. Like it, you're going to be tired. And it on a smaller batch, sure, you could do a loaf of anything. Absolutely. And that's a lot of home bakers come to me and they want a job. And I'm like, this is not like what you know at all. Right. And they're cool with it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But they just come in thinking like, oh, we're just going to make a couple loaves of bread. And I'm like, no, we are a commercial operation. Right. We, we, we have the mom and pop feel, but we are a commercial operation. Yeah. I and mean, I delivered a wholesale accounts across town all the way from Blue Ash. We're trying to get out over on the west side, you know, trying to get down in Kentucky. It's harder than you think. Sure. To cultivate business. But once you find the right people... It's typically worth it almost every time. That's amazing. Yeah. On the kneading process, why do we need bread? Like knead with a K, of course. Um, so it is actually for the gluten development. Oh, so okay. So gluten is a strand of protein, I believe, that goes through some sort of chemical transformation between both the agitation and the heat. 
Okay. Now, someone out there might fact check me on that. I'm 99% sure that is true. Let them do it. I'll print a retraction. <laughs> um, but that's why, like, when you, when you, so, like, if you just take flour, like, you made pancake batter, and it's lumpy, and it's got all the, and that's how it's meant to be. Yeah. So you don't want gluten developed, sweets, cookies, muffins, pastries, anything like that. You don't want gluten development because gluten is tough and chewy. Whereas a sourdough or a ciabatta, where you want that tooth pull, almost kind of like an al dente feel, yeah. you want a higher gluten development. And you can go too far. So, like, it, it's really, it, and that's where the, the doing it a hundred times. Like, you'll do it once and you'll take it to a point and uh, you'll kind of forget where you went or how far you went, but you'll know, okay, this is where I was last time. Let's try this a little bit more or a little bit less. Like if you break the, you break it, it basically turns into a brick. It gets no, no rise, oven spring, none of that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. Um, and that's what causes, that's what makes the bubbles is like that. Everything that's like stretching on the bubble, that is a strand of gluten. Oh. That's what gives bread its structure on a, it's like a protein. It's like the base of what is. Um, and that's the whole gluten-free kick, man. That cracks me up because, like, people are like, there's no gluten in our corn chips. I'm like, do you know what gluten is? It's in wheat. So, right. of course, it's there's not. no gluten in your corn <laughs> chip. Like, it's just an ad gimmick at this point, you right. know? Oh, it's just like, I am, I'm eating this keto chicken breast right now. You're like, well, it was... Of course. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> pick up the fad. But, and, and I get that from a marketing perspective because I think... And this is sort of a goal for me on the show a little bit, too, is that I'm hoping I can educate people on food a little bit more Absolutely. in these kind of regards where it's like... I don't think a lot of us do know. I, you know, I think. I well, and, and that's the, you know, some people, you don't have to know. That's like, true. That's the other thing about it. Like, it, it, if it's interesting to you, pursue it. That's, yeah. that's the best way to go about it. You know, that's how I look at things. I love it. Um, and I got more interested in bread than I thought I would. <laughs> well, and you mentioned the gluten-free thing. How has that impacted what you're doing? So when we first opened, it was like gluten was a big no-no. We opened in 14, I believe, 2014. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just like Oprah was up on stage, like no gluten, get rid of the bags under your eyes or whatever right. the fuck they were selling. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I mean, then, you know, not, probably not far. Well, like three or four <laughs> years later, like, oh, gluten's okay. And it's, it's, it's a very interesting, like I educate people more than anything. Like the bigger one, you know, about unbleached and unbromated flour. You know I, what? No. Go look up potassium. I think it's potassium bromide. We don't use it first and foremost. It is illegal in China, huh. but illegal in America. It's an additive that they put into flowers that helps with consistency and rising and all that jazz. Um, and it's completely harmless unless they put too much in and it doesn't chemically transfer. Oh. And then it's carcinogenic. Oh, perfect. So get yourself a breadsmith loaf of unbleached, unbromated bread. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, there, there's a lot of truth to that. And there's things that people don't know. Like you can come out with gluten all day, but like, is your flour bleached? You know, is, is, is there bromide in there? What other additives? Is there niacin? Like what yeah. else is in there? Like interesting. on the side of my bag, it's flour and like malt. That's it. And those are it. things that come from plants, you right. know, like that's it. So we kind of know what to expect. There's exactly. no, no secrets in there. Well, and that's the other thing is it's all preservative free. So like, it's going to go bad on your counter. Like by the end of this, you'll notice there'll be a different cause those have been exposed to the air. Right. Like a loaf of bread you buy at 10 o'clock in the morning tastes a little bit better than one at three in the afternoon. And that's just the nature of sure. a preservative free product. That's why we don't sell our product more than about eight hours on the shelf. Yeah. Um, I strive very hard to keep that quality up. And I think that's a large part of why we've been so successful because quality has always been paramount. And what you're finding, what I'm finding at least now in like the food fandom, as I'll call it, 
but just people because I do think that there has been this rising interest. Oh, it's a renaissance, dude. Yeah, it really it's is. coming. It's beautiful. It's been here and it's just getting stronger. Right, and it's like and I, th I think we're seeing it all the time now, where people are kind of getting engaged with what they're actually eating and thinking about that stuff. And I think it's a great way of the future. You know, I'm, I'm hoping at least. We'll see, man. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah. I was like, I, I hope to be on the cusp of it more than anything because well, I all I want like the the food our grandparents used to eat was all organic. There was no nothing, like maybe they started playing with fertilizer, you know, in the 30s or whatever. But yeah. what they were eating was you know, as unadulterated as possible because they just wasn't the the, the machinery involved. There wasn't the the supply chains. It, you yeah. weren't, you couldn't get avocados in the middle of January, you know? <laughs> like you had to wait until they were in yeah. season. And now you go to Kroger or whatever and you get whatever you want. Yeah. Like, and, and that's a beautiful thing in and of itself, but at what cost? Yeah. Like I'd almost rather, like I'm, my goal in life is to eventually do a little homesteading and just grow on my own stuff because then you know what's in it. Yeah, like, I think about it all the time. Yeah. I mean, I grow like small little things every so often where I'm like, okay, this will be easier than whatever. Now that I'm working at a place like Jungle Gyms, of course, I've got access to everything. So of course. I have a feeling I'll be growing less this year than I did in previous years. <laughs> <laughs> the big one, it all started for me when I learned, I got really into learning to cook Thai food mm -hmm. and I needed Thai chilies on the regular. And I was just sort of like, oh, well, a lot of the big box retailers don't tend to carry those regularly, Ooh. but I know a place that does. Can't, and now I'm here all the time. And not to knock Jungle Gyms at all, but if you can't find it here, Cam Supermarket, if you're looking for something Asian. Yeah, of course. They've got Killer. everything. Oh, and yeah, also, Szechuan Chili, just a shout out to oh, my favorite places in town. Szechuan Chili is so good. I mean, oh you know, gosh. I'm not trying to advertise for other people, but they ain't paying me. Let's take the shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe they will next time. <laughs> Who knows? Well, I always love I always love going there because of the dual menu, too, where I'm mm -hmm. just like, give me the menu not for someone that looks you like know, me. I would, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> no I'm just totally. like, I know you saw me, and you're like, give him that side. And well, I'm like, and no, I, was, no. I was sitting there once, and there was this family, and this lady was talking in, in you know, foreign language. And she got this, I think it was a hot pot. I didn't know what they were at the time. And I was just like, excuse me, what is that? And she's like, I don't even know the English word for it. Like, I can't help you. That like, I awesome. could order it for you, but that's the best I got. And yeah. like, to me, that's like, that's the epitome of this renaissance we're talking about. Yeah. Like, that kind of stuff is, is coming around. Like, the more our cultures across the globe mingle, the more new things we're going to learn about each other. Isn't that great? Yeah. Well, it can be bad. That's the problem. Sure. Well, we're, we're all everything. learning, right? You exactly. know, that's that's. The, I'm trying to focus on the positive. Yeah, I'm just a pessimist. No, <laughs> I, I, and, I, and I respect that too. We had, a, funny enough, we did a hot pot episode in here last week. So we oh, really? had one of our Vietnamese employees. She like put the whole thing together, and we did literally had the burner on the table. Hell yeah, it's one of the best experiences I've Dude, had. It's in a delicious long time. too. Yeah, I tried it in a restaurant once. I had a good time, but having somebody that like knew what was up. Yeah, and because I mean, it was like in an an all Asian. I was like the white guy there. You know what I mean? <laughs> but and. And I love, to me, those are like the best food experiences. Usually that's a great time. I'm like, okay, if the people of this culture are eating there, you should definitely try it. Exactly. And I had a great experience, but I had an even better one because it's kind of kind back to what you said before, which is that she cared that I enjoyed myself and was just like, and explaining it throughout the process. You can imagine instead, I, I was in Vegas when I did it, but you can imagine me sitting in this place. No one knows what's going on. I'm just picking stuff on the menu that I think sounds good. I'm like, I don't know if this is going to marry well. Whatever, we'll find out. And it was cool, but now having done it this way, I mean, I made it again at home myself over the uh, ice storm last week. It was great. For sure. For I sure. love this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, I meant to jump back here before. Um, okay, a couple of silly questions since I really know nothing about baking bread. Let's go. Is there a way to easily tell when bread's done, like visually speaking, when you're done baking it? Yeah, I mean, I don't have to temper anything. Like, I can just look at it like, yes. <laughs> um, 
that comes with time. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you can tell by the coloration. You can tell once you've made the same recipe a few times, you sure. know, that kind of stuff. Um, but when it's something new or something I don't make regularly, no, I use a temperature thermometer every time. I mean, it's it's like when you're doing a steak, like they the whole like finger trick. Get, yeah. get out of here with that. Just use no. a thermometer or know what you, you know, like yeah. know the poke for what you want. Don't be like, this is medium rare. Like it doesn't right. work like that. Oh my gosh, that one always cracked me up too because I was just like, wait a second, my... Thickness in the palm of my hand is not the same as yours. Or the well, it depends on how beefy your thumbs are. Exactly. I mean, from scooping all kinds of muffins and cookies, my right thumb is bigger than my left, and it will forever be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've won the doneness battle. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just it's fun. It, it's every day is a little different. Weather changes things. You sure. Know? I mean, if if the batch is a little dry, say the mixer wasn't quite as as adamant as they should have been, and they put a little extra flour in, that's going to impact your color. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's seriously, that, that's why, like, baking is a science. Yeah. You can fudge the numbers a little bit when you're going on large scale, but if you're at home making, like, a single loaf of something, if you fudge the numbers, the whole thing's gone. And that's why a lot of people are afraid of baking to a certain extent, because they're like, I try and I try and I try, and I'm like, yeah, well, there's one thing you're not getting right. It's, right. it's alchemy. Like, it, it's back in the day, I was talking to um, a, a buddy of mine, and he, he was t- telling me about, like, sort of the origin of like the bread and the beer and it used to be bread used to be something done by the monks apparently oh, cool. and they were viewed almost as like a almost like a witch like a like like how do you do this magic with this right. you know and it's just you just have to know how much of what goes in and how long to let it sit and what temperature it needs to be and once you figure those out you can crank out the same loaf of bread every time sure that's that's the hard part that's really cool though and that makes a ton of sense and i've heard that so often from people when they're like oh, i just can't bake yeah. and i and you know i'm a very good home chef but I don't do a ton of baking, but I, every time I do something for the first time, I always like rigidly adhere to the, whatever the recipe is. And it's funny because I'll go, oh, I have no baking experience, but this turned out amazing. And I, and I've eaten enough good baked goods across the planet that I'm like, I feel, I would hate myself if I did it wrong. You know what I mean? I would gladly give myself a failing score. So I love to hear that too. And I'm again, another thing I'm hoping this just encourages people to do this. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like, and the beauty of it is if you mess up, we got sourdough for you. Right. You know, like, <laughs> that's what I tell people all the time when the pandemic first hit and everyone was making their own sourdoughs at home and it was doing hilarious. all this jazz. And I mean, the, I got emails called, they were flooding I'm in sure. and I was just like, Hey, I'll give you some advice. And if all else fails, come on down. We're still making it. Exactly. We got it for you. I'm going to dive into a piece of the, uh, the cinnamon too. Cinnamon wanna, cobblestone. Yeah. That, the garlic it, it's, was so good. It's delicious. It depends on if you're a sweet or savory kind of guy. But I'm a both. Can you tell gonna... visually? Look at me. <laughs> Don't say no. I call it an investment as he pats his tummy. <laughs> They're like, Mark, you have a big heart. And I was like, my doctor uses the term enlarged. <laughs> <laughs> That's delicious. Yeah, you can't go wrong. And once again, we make the icing in-house. We make the smear that goes inside it in-house. Yeah. We make everything's made in-house. Ooh, yeah, that cinnamon is rich in there, too. I love so it. So all of our spices are milled to our specifications to order from a spice company in Chicago, Illinois. That's awesome. Yeah. Something you mentioned earlier was hydration levels. And it's, uh, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, what a no-brainer. But it's not something I would have ever thought about. How does that affect, like... How would that affect the type? Is there like certain breads that require more water than others or less water than others? Yeah, so basically like, let's just boil it down. Let's look at like just plain white bread. Yeah. Sourdough, rustic Italian is the name of ours. This is an Italian bread, um, uh, like a French bread. And uh, let's just stick there. Those three, in all of those batches, they all are just flour, water, yeast, and salt. And in sourdough's case, no yeast. 
Okay. Um, but the reason ciabatta is, you know, chewy and fluffy and airy is because, A, you make a pre-ferment that gets real bubbly, so it gets bigger bubbles. It okay. has longer fermentation time, so it gets a little bit more aggressive with the bubbles. But it's also a super wet dough compared to, say, a sourdough. And it's they're the same ingredients, but the more water you add to it, the longer you let it sit, the more it's just going to change things drastically. Um, I've found that the higher hydration content, the faster it bakes through the oven. Yeah. You know, because it's, think about it. If you, if your product is 50% water versus 25% water, like the water is going to evaporate at a faster rate because there is more of it to go. Sure. So it's just one of those things that I've learned over years. Like I don't have any professional baking experience in that sense. When I first started, I didn't even know how to use a rolling pin, you know? Right. And it's just through trial and tribulation that I've, I've managed to figure it all out. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. Like people ask me questions and I'll just start rattling off some bullshit. And I'm like, first of all, I'm right almost every time. <laughs> but when someone asked me, like someone asked me once, what's the difference between baking soda and baking powder? I'm like, you know what? I don't know. And I own a bakery. I should probably figure that one out. Right. Um, and it's, they're the both, they're both a leavening agent and one has cornstarch in it. That's it. Oh, so okay. one just makes it a little more viscous. Like that's, that's the only difference between the two, but they're both just leavening, leavening agents. That's so funny. I had no idea. Too. Exactly. And it's one of those things that like nobody knows. It, like I didn't know. I, yeah. I lived 20 years of my life without knowing. And it's just like. It's a good question. I've always wondered. They look the same. They're both yeah. kind of weird. And they always <laughs> seem to show up in similar styles. Or both at the same time. What's yeah. up with that? <laughs> well, apparently a little cornstarch is needed. Yeah, you know? I mean, and you think at that point, now Now that I know the secret, I'm like, what is, is this a, a, an effort from big cornstarch tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Industry secrets with Brad Smith and Jungle James. <laughs> That's awesome. So talk to me about your Jungle Gyms relationship. I mean, like... Boy, I've been coming here since I was a kid because the bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I remember I was a kid and my dad was like, or mom maybe was like, hey, we're just going to go check it out. Like, they knew about it. I mean, it's, it's internationally known. Like, people travel all over the place to come visit this place, you know? Um, and I mean, I always, we always used to come here for, you are talking about Thai food earlier. We used to make pod Thai, still do one of my favorite recipes to make. And like, where do you find tamarind paste? Well, we got to go to Jungle Gyms to find it. Right. Um... So it was just one of those growing up in a foodie house. Like my family has been foodie since before the term was a term. Like right. we just enjoy food. My father's been cooking meals since I was a kid. I mean, we always had family dinner. I didn't grow like I've I've never been to Burger King. Thirty years old, I've never been to Burger King. That's awesome. Because I just grew up. My dad cooked all the meals. Yeah. And and I feel so bad for people that don't have that, and not in a, not in a like shameful way, but no. it's just like I wish everyone shared that experience because it inspired something in me to cook and want to learn how to make things better. And it's funny because like my father always says, I'm the daughter my mother never had. He was underneath her apron cooking with her. Right. And um, he's like, I took her recipes and just sort of made them better. And now that I'm getting older, he's like, it's, it sucks because I see you doing better than me now. And I'm like, well, the, who taught me? You know, yeah, right, like, exactly. Who taught me? the like, nature of time's passage? Precisely. You know? <laughs> precisely. I mean, it's, it's, it's life is weird. And that's the only thing I can, that's where I get to like every time at the end of any one of my thought process. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Right. Yeah. Well, you kind <laughs> How of, does that apply? <laughs> yeah. Well, you kind of brought me back to something that I think about often on the show, which is food memories. Yeah. And I feel like what's so nice to me. I so saw I'm not from Cincinnati originally, but I've been here long enough that it counts. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, so I was sort of, I didn't really get introduced to Jungle Gyms until I was much older. Sure. Right. But I grew up on the East Coast. So I was like kind of used to different cultures anyway, being in New York City and stuff like that. Um, and, or at least spending a good amount of time there. But, 
coming here, it's been wild to watch and it's wild to see. I, it's funny to me how many people I meet here that are like, oh, I have this like interesting food memory. You know I mean? You mentioned the Tamara place, for example. Dude, our, our family, we remember vacations. Like, where was that place where we had the really good carbonara? Right. Like, that's how <laughs> we have memories. We'll be sitting down eating breakfast. Like, what's for lunch? Like, yeah, that's just, it's in our family. I don't know where it came from. Are we like, related? Did I miss out on that? I was like, dude, I'll see you at the next reunion. You should, I, I haven't been to a reunion in a while. I don't know enough. <laughs> I got a pretty small family in that regards, but I've learned the fringe is quite large. Like yeah, immediate no, family is nothing. In high school, I was like, I'm re- apparently I'm related to you. You know, yeah. it's just like the name stretches pretty far in this neck of the woods for some odd reason. I bet. Yeah. Well, what was exciting about getting your product into Jungle Gyms, or was it was there? I mean, I'm assuming there I was mean, some excitement. Absolutely. I mean, you did just the no, sheer number of people that have the opportunity now that didn't before. I mean, it's you know, it's 30 minutes away from Hyde Park. You know, it's it's a whole new demographic, untapped, and people. So this past summer, a year ago, almost at this point, we went out to the West Side Farmer's Market. We get some olive oil imported from Spain. Um, actually, Nick's, I think it's sister-in-law. There's some family connection that I always forget the exact details of. Sisters, brothers, mothers, cousins, roommate situation. <laughs> uh, no, it's closer than that. Um, but she imports Spanish wine, and they learned you could just put olive oil on there. And I have completely forgot where I was going with that train of thought. So they invited me out to the West Side Farmer's Market over in Cheviot, Ohio. Yeah. And like... You know, Cincinnati, it's like 7175 is like the Berlin Wall, I swear to God. Like, yeah. east side doesn't go west, west side doesn't go east. You know, you don't go north, south of the river too much unless you're going to a movie, the aquarium. You know, like, that's I, it. One of my weirdest things being here, because you know, I came from a place where I was like, well, you go where you need to go. It's a huge city made of really small cities. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, but anyway, so I went out there, and we did more sales in one day than I have ever done in my retail location of seven years at the time. Oh, wow. And it was just like, okay, I need to shift everything because people in this town want my product. It's yeah. that simple. So that's it sort of was like a what's the best way to reach a ton of people, and I'm sitting here. I've tried, you know, I've been to grocery stores. I've been to small cafes. I've tried to put my bread on so many shelves in this town. It's ridiculous. And um, you really have to find the ones that are worth it. And you know, the, just the size, the quantity. I mean, I love it. It's fantastic. I'm honored to be here, to be completely honest. It, I love it. It's one of those, like, it's a childhood memory, you know, just to see all the faces that come through, all the cuisines and just walking through the alley and like, what does that even say? And like, I'm on those shelves. Like, yeah. y- you can read what mine says, obviously, but I'm on those <laughs> shelves. And, and it's an honor and a privilege. I'm not going to lie. And I'm not kissing ass. That's genuinely how I feel. I appreciate it. Yeah. Like, I was like, never feel like you have to. But I'm, all, <laughs> I'm always just curious because it's like one of those things I, I sit there and look and I've got this whole, I keep this little note on my desk about first, only, most. And I always try to think about that whenever I meet a vendor like yourself where sure. I'm like, you know, were we one of the first stores that you came into in that regard? Uh, no, actually. I mean, this is, this is one of the more recent ones. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking for more. It's just they're hard to find. Yeah. You know, it, it took a little bit of, you know, I had to order a couple things and get my ducks in a row. I sure. probably have to get a new van this year. I mean, there are expenses that come with it. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it's worth it in the long run. I mean, they, wholesale accounts take years to fully mature and develop. And then eventually, you know, it's just a shoe in. It's good for you. It's good for me. I, love I it. mean, we credit your stuff and you, everything you sell is pure profit. And everything I make is pure profit for the most part. There's a love little it. bit of loss, but it's not it's not sure. enough to hurt me. Yeah, that's super cool. My business. Well, I love seeing it in here too, because it's like, you know, I, I don't know, I'm a bread person in general. Sure. I know it's it's funny because it's like, you know, there's been that big shift lately where people are like, uh, carbs are that's this month's fear. Or yeah, not this right. month, but like, you know, whatever. But I, I, I hopped on that bandwagon for like a few months and then I was just like, maybe I'm again came back to maybe I'm the problem. Maybe it's not 
sure what I'm eating, but ultimately it's like an impulse control thing. That's my problem for sure. (laughs) And so I think about that too. And so it's been one of my favorite things about being here so far. And so when Nick hit me up and was just like, hey, do you want to do something? And I was like, yeah, I'm super curious about this. You know, I've spent some time at the bakery and what have you, but I, uh, I mean, these are, the products are delicious. Like I'm going to embarrass myself when you're gone. To give you an idea, go for I'm it. I'm gonna do it while you're here. I even. mean, share some with your next dude. Yeah, I will. I'll just keep. I'll keep it on the plate. No, there it's delicious. And yeah. thank you so much, Will. I appreciate hey, it. No problem. Thanks so for having me. Man. What's the What's the future? Where What are we doing next? <sighs> Things I don't want to commit to in recorded verse. <laughs> um, how How could I reword that? Uh, expansion. We, what, expansion. That's what you. I, like I don't to do know if it's going to happen. I got to crunch some numbers and see what happens. But I'm sure. looking to open a second store here sometime soon. That'd be amazing. I don't know if it's going to happen. I have to cross a ton of T's and dot several I's before we're even there. Um, but it's it's in the works. It's the next thing. And I think it's the thing that's going to lead to the thing that's going to lead to the thing kind of thing. I love it. Um, Any and, idea where you want to put it? No. Okay. I, definitely not going to say that on air. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't do. even know yet. No, I've been mean, totally fine. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I wish you the best. Seriously, I hope. I mean, it, it, look, Thank I think you. you're doing, in my, again, I know I don't necessarily know the world of business perfectly, but. Either. I think you're doing it the right way. I mean, you're investing in your employees and your team. The biggest thing is slow growth. You don't want to bite off more than you can chew. Like yeah. when we got into Jungle Gyms, I knew there were two there were two spots. And I said, look, we're going to start weekends at one. Yeah. Like we're just going to ease into this. And it took three or four months. And we've just now at Eastgate, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, a month ago, first of the year, something awesome. like that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just slow growth. You got to make sure your, your employees can handle it. You got to make sure your production crew can handle it. You got to make sure you got enough vans to get there. I mean, it's, it's just it's one puzzle piece it's a domino of a million other puzzle pieces and you got to sort of pick up each one, one at a time and put them together. And then eventually you're there. Yeah. It's slow, slow growth. I mean, to tie back into the business stuff we started on, you know, and everything comes full circle. That's one thing I've always noticed. You love that? It's crazy. <laughs> um, just be slow and steady, know what you're doing and, and, and just, you know, be the best you can and try your absolute hardest. And if you actually care and you got something going, it's going to work for itself. I love that. Like it is, it's just, it's a matter of fact, I've, I've seen it verbatim, not just my own business, but like if you care enough and you apply yourself, you'll get there. That's awesome. Positivity. See, and you were saying you were a pessimist, but look at you just dropping I tell all people this I'm good the most, kindness. I'm the most optimist pessimist you'll ever meet. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people. I've been saying it for years. Man. Yeah, it's like maybe but that's really where that realism comes in. Well, you and that's know what all I mean? realism is, is just straddling the line of like, <laughs> oh, things are great, but hey, this kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all life is, man, is finding that line and riding it. Oh my gosh! Thanks so much for your time today. Well, hey, no really problem. Thanks for having me. Oh, I, you know what? I thought of one more question before I call this. Uh, it, do you typically carry like the whole product line in store here? Uh, no, and the reason behind that is a lot of things have a higher cost margin. Okay, we stick to loaves of bread and a couple things just because if I don't sell it all, I am losing money. Um, as it grows, we add more things. Sure. That's kind of how it works. It's, as slow I growth. Said, slow growth. You got to start where you know you're going to make your money. Get yep. people to know who you are. Yep, and then it's just tacking on from there. I love that though. Yeah. That's perfect. And now you're in both stores. So, all right, everybody, you got to check out the Breadsmith Wares here at both Fairfield and Eastgate Jungle Gyms. Will, thanks for your time. I had a great conversation. I uh, am still having memories over a carbonara, as you joked about with your family. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe we are secretly related. Who knows? I'm not going to any reunions either, but uh, I appreciate it. Wish you the best. Welcome to the jungle, baby. Is that the first time I've said that on the show? Gosh, I hope so. So that wouldn't be weird. Anyway, well, everyone, I wanted to thank you for sticking around with me as always. We've got more fun stuff on the way next week. Like I mentioned at the top of the episode, I'm doing a little uh, a little sauce episode. So we're knocking out a a longtime jungle staple 
He is great, the Mustard Man. Uh, and I'm going to introduce you to a brand new product making its debut here at the jungle um, from Tannenbaum Foods. They're making these botanical hot sauces. And I kind of love it because it's, a it, well, for a bunch of reasons, incredibly simple ingredients, all natural, like fruit-based. So it's a little sweet, a little fruity, but it's still got a good amount of spice. However, what I think is so great is that it's enough spice to not scare those of you who heard me say the expression of hot sauce and go, I don't like spicy things. I promise it's flavor first. That's what I'm always going to try to bring you here. And who knows, maybe Hot Sauce Mike and the rest of the team here at the jungle will join me on the show soon. We can do some demos. Hopefully you like think that's a great idea too. Okay, everyone. I hope you have a great week. I look forward to chatting with you next week over some sauce. And in the meantime, I'll see you out there in the aisles. The Jungle Gyms podcast is recorded in the WJJI studio inside Jungle Gyms International Market in Fairfield, Ohio. The Jungle Gyms podcast is produced and hosted by Mark Borison.